0: Welcome to Jim Carroll and Friends with your host, Jim Carroll. Hey, welcome to Jim Carroll and Friends. My guest today is an amazing, amazing, amazing patriot, Colonel Kerry Harbaugh. He served for forty plus years in the military. He was the director of the U.S. Special Operations Command Warrior Care. He was the director of the Warrior Games in 2019. He served in Operation Just Cause, Desert Storm, Desert Iraqi, Iraqi Freedom, Enduring Freedom. I mean, this guy has done more for our military in 40 years than I, I can't even imagine. What? He's just one of my dearest, dearest friends. Let's welcome uh, Colonel Kerry Harbaugh, everybody. So, so, Kerry, what the heck has been up, buddy?
1: hey how are you doing i'm doing all sorts of things in life
0: yeah no you know it's it's uh things have been since the covid it's i i'm just doing nothing but podcasts and virtual shows and things like that and uh my my last event carrie was down in uh dc i was with the mark mark the, the general the chairman's house i was at the chairman's house with mark milley and Terry, right. Bra- Terry Bradshaw was there and Gronkowski. Elaine Rogers brought me in for that USO stuff. And and that was the last event I did. My gosh, that's been wow. in March. So it's it's, wow. it's it's a little tough on a guy like me. You know, I'm used to being out there. You know, I was doing, I, I, I must have been at like 70 military bases in the last year. And I'm so used to being yeah. there in person and doing it virtually like we are now. It's It's cool, but it's better than being on just a phone call, but... Yeah. So it's been tough. It's been, uh, all virtual, but, uh, a
1: very, a very weird year.
0: Yes. Yeah, very
1: weird. Uh, the same way we, I, I made some trips for a couple of events. I was up recently in New Jersey at Trump Bedminster for a move United thing where I was the keynote speaker at the close of the golf tournament, played the golf tournament there with the guys and then did a, did a speech at the end of it. But, it, it, it just it's really bizarre i mean i'd done another run to dc for a couple of things with uh, with a couple of foundations that i'm working with but almost every event because of the covid uh social distance rules you know golf's a little easier we use golf and i'm of course the chairman of the special ops warrior golf foundation but the um the golf we can do outside with social distance so it's a little easier for those type of events but all the social aspects of it that follow like you know, some sort of award dinner at the end and all that, you got to change it. You know, we're, we're, it's just the nature of where it is right now. And, and it's still quite dangerous. I mean, we're obviously seeing a a drop in the numbers of deaths when it comes to ratio, but it's still very, very dangerous.
0: Yeah. It's, 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 it's very, you know, it seems really strange not, you know, being isolated like this. I mean, I I haven't been, it's amazing. I haven't been out of the state of New York since March. This is crazy. I mean, I'm the guy that was yeah. flying every week, going to different state, different countries, and well, the last time I saw, I, I saw we were together was in Tampa at your event. The, yeah. yeah, yeah, the, the, Warrior, the Warrior Games, Games. Yeah, That was yeah. a blast. I man. know,
1: just really weird. Yeah, but good to see you thriving out there, even if you're having to do it from virtual,
0: right? Virtual, it's, it's it's still different. It's a, you know it, what's really cool about it is like if you do a show for like the other day, I was on with like a thousand people. All right. Everybody has a ringside seat everybody has so that's the good thing about it the positive thing but you can't reach out and touch you know what I mean it's it's a little yeah. and a lot of people think well you're reading something in the back or you know it's it's hard to you know do deception detection and tell if people are lying or telling the truth over the yeah. over a computer because yeah yeah or <laughs> and I have these yeah, headphones use- yeah they think somebody's telling me stuff about them and it's hard to do re- it's just a little more difficult but
1: maximizes maximizes the use of your skills that's true <laughs> no I've done a number two a number of uh, podcast radio programs recently all doing them via zoom you know mostly here from my apartment and uh yeah that's uh, I mean it's just it is it's it's an odd way to do business I've done one in studio recently but even that i you know we were distant in the studio it was a little weird but uh, <laughs> so now so- be able to look each other in the eyes the same way
0: so, so I was reading up a little about you because you know I know a lot about we we we've known each other a while, but I I didn't know you you were an alumni of Ohio State. You the went to, Ohio
1: State University. Yeah, the correct.
0: Ohio State. Yeah, my gosh.
1: Yeah, yeah, I was commissioned through Ohio State. Uh, I also, oddly enough, did a stint as a ROTC instructor there too. So it's it's near and dear. I mean, I was a, P- a Pennsylvania boy. I was born in Pittsburgh, but um, uh, but. You know, Ohio became I, just a lot of my father's jobs took us into Ohio multiple times in my life. So uh, it became the, the it, it became the school, the connecting school. And so, yeah, I was commissioned through them. Yep.
0: You, you were still very proud,
1: very proud Buckeye. And I'm a big Buckeye f- football fan. Honestly. How
0: about a Steeler fan? You Steeler fan?
1: Born and raised. So oh, my I gosh. Was born, you know, <laughs> Pittsburgh Steeler fan. Uh, my whole life, I mean, I I have in my office, you know, a uh, Franco Harris signed pl- uh, Steeler plate to me. Uh, yeah, I'm I'm diehard Steeler fan.
0: What what would? It, how about if the Steelers and the Tampa Bay would be in the Super Bowl? How about that? Would that be and that's at Tampa. That never happened. At a-
1: that would be very cool. Uh, I think yeah. that would be very sad for the Buccaneers. And I love the Buccaneers, mind you, because got good friends there all the way to the uh, to the to. Um, the chief operating officer uh, Brian Ford and and um you know I, I I certainly cheer for the buccaneers as the hometown team uh but um last time the steelers came to town to play the buccaneers it wasn't pretty and I don't <laughs> think it'd be pretty in a super bowl either but yeah. that's
0: okay <laughs> even even with a brady it, it wouldn't work out maybe even with
1: a brady yeah uh, I, and hey tom's having a terrific season i mean he's going up and down that game the saints games have not been pretty but uh, every other game he's played very well, so you know I wish him the best. And and he was always good to our wounded warriors. So I you know I have nothing but positive things to say about about Tom Brady. But but uh, and I and he is truly the goat. I mean, there's no doubt about it. You know, no matter how you measure it, it's not about you know more yards or more touchdown passes. It's about how you manage yourself and his field generalship. I think is the best in the game has ever had.
0: Your your career, man. I mean, when I when the last time I seen you at the Pentagon with Chatfield, Bill Chatfield, he he brought me into your yeah. office. Every time I see you, and when you, especially when you're dressed up in the military, you are like the most distinguished looking. You look, you played a part, boy. Do you you. <laughs> well, thanks. If Jim. they no, I'm serious. If I was, if I ever made a movie. And I needed somebody to play the part of a general or a colonel. Man, you'd be the first one. You like played a you just look like you belong there. It's a, you have this look about you. It's and I, I've noticed that ever since ever since what, what was the first time I seen you? West Point. We were at West Point at that point. Thought, yes. The
1: twenty the twenty uh what, fifteen or sixteen yes, warrior games. Yes, the first time I met you. Yes. Yeah. Um absolutely. Well, I appreciate the comment. Um, you know, I've been a soldier of a long time. Uh, you know, it's forty one years. And so, um, I'm comfortable as a soldier. One of the hardest things in retirement here is, um, not doing that every day. I mean, I, I entered the service at, at, at 19, I left it at 60. So it, it was, it, you know, from teenager to senior citizen, effectively. I mean, I'm eligible for at least free pie somewhere. Right. <laughs> and, um, uh, it, so it really is, um, so, you know, I, I I try to carry myself. I still carry myself as a soldier. I mean, it doesn't change. The ID card color changes, that's all. But, you know, I'm still, still Colonel Harbaugh in my mind and in people that know me. I mean, they call me the colonel around here, which is kind of neat. And I was one of the most senior colonels on active duty, if not the most, when I left because I'd been extended beyond the 40-year mark. I had almost 12 years in grade as a colonel, which is a lot of years just to be a full colonel for 12 years. Wow. I was in a specialty that did not have really geo potential brigadier uh, general potential does isn't the savior would have selected me I don't think that they'd have made that egregious of an error but um they uh, uh, at the same time it was it, it was a great rank to hold and to hold for so long and uh you know it was an honor to do that and, and I try to comport myself that way it was important to the people that I served that I that I could be that that person
0: yeah, you had a lot of missions. You were what? Desert Shield, Desert Storm, Iraqi Freedom, and you were just about every event out there. Yeah, I, I yeah. had a
1: lot of a lot of uh, fantastic uh, if you want to call them. Not all the adventures are fun and and uh, many of them deal with a lot of uh, injury and loss. But um but I did all the way back to Panama was really my first one just cause and then I Desert Shield, Desert Storm, just kind of hit that sweet spot. But I'd been enlisted for almost 10 years before any of those had hit. I've been enlisted guy. Then I became an officer, really December '87, so 1988, if you get down to it. Um, so, and from '78 when I enlisted, and for my 10 years enlisted, I was in airborne and special ops units as you know, um, more of an operator type guy. And then when I moved into the officer ranks, then I moved rather quickly into the intelligence world and special operations. So I was working as an intelligence officer in various different roles and leadership roles and positions in the special ops community as I went up in rank. And then ultimately, when Admiral McRaven asked me in 2013 to take over the warrior care program, the wounded warrior program known as the care coalition informally in special operations to care, take care of the wounded warriors. The program had taken care of me. I got messed up in Africa. On one of my missions, and it changed my life, uh, at least from a health perspective. And so, when when they uh, when he asked me to move into uh, into that role, which was greatest honor of my life, and then for the last six years of my service, a uh, little over that, five and a half is really what it was. I was the director of the Warrior Care Program for Special Operations, and that, of course, involved Warrior Games. That's how I got to meet you, uh, Invictus Games, all that through all of those years, and through the transition of the Warrior Games because it had been a more of a commercial activity, or at least commercially sponsored by Deloitte in the earliest days. And then DOD took it over. Uh, and, and then with Invictus games with Prince Harry, I was at the first Invictus games and all the Invictus games that followed. So, and, and part of that, and part of setting those up, you know, part of the, the role that I had as the SOCOM uh, chief there. So it was pretty good, pretty good deal.
0: Yeah. I remember it. Wow. And I think I, I I've seen you, but I didn't know you that well at the, the Invictus games. I think they were in Orlando at the time. That was the first time I, I think I've ever seen you in person, and we we didn't know each other because we got to know each other later after at the Warrior Games, I believe. The Warrior Games came after right, at the West right. Point. Yeah,
1: I think so, so. I think we had a little bit of uh, a little bit of connection there at Invictus uh, 2016, and then uh, Warrior Games that that, that followed because um, uh, Invictus 2016 was in uh, was at Disney World. Yes, at the yes. ESPN Zone. Yeah, it was a phenomenal event. Uh, hosted by um, Ken Fisher and uh, the Fisher house folks that do so much for the warrior games, Invictus games, but really do just so much for our wounded warriors and families with what, with the Fisher houses and all of
0: his support. There there are awesome people, Ken and Tammy and their foundation. That's just amazing. Yeah. I got involved with them and that's how I got involved with everybody and meeting you. Yeah. But what, what you do is just, it's just beyond belief. It's just beyond belief. It just, I, I, I couldn't wait to, to meet you d- down there. Uh, it's, just, it's just amazing. But, but now tell me a little bit about the foundation now. We, we're going to talk about you're, you're on a foundation. Now, t- tell us a little bit about it. What do, what do you?
1: Well, I'm the chairman of uh, the Special Ops Warrior Golf Foundation, or just Special Ops Warrior Golf is a short, short one that we use, short uh, lexicon that we use. And um, I'm on the board of a variety of other benevolent organizations, too, that are affiliated with caring for the warriors of special operations. But this one I'm the chairman of and and I'm the uh, co-founder of what we did was we took a concept. um, There was a retreat that we did annually that was hosted by a guy named Tom Gates, really great veteran. He was actually a F-4 Phantom fighter pilot in Vietnam, uh, two distinguished flying crosses. Phenomenal guy that then moved on and ended up being becoming a senior uh, agent in the FBI for many, many years, for over 20 years, uh, retired out of that. And then went kind of into a, the business world in the Tampa area. Cause he was a Tampa boy and, and Tom had this, this, and I've been invited out to it because we always took our wounded warriors out. And I went out because we had a, a media perspective on it that was helping our warrior games uh, kind of uh, the, the roll up to it. And, uh, and we hold it in Waterville, Ireland. So it was called the soft Ireland golf retreat. It's actually kind of on my shirt here. <laughs> um, and uh, out of that, though, on my last run, right after I retired, General Thomas went with me, uh, my former commander at SOCOM and one of my best friends. And we went out to this uh, to this to this event. And, and it was like, OK, there was more to this than we could do. It was more than just the doing the golf in a really beautiful venue because Waterville, Ireland, most one of the most beautiful places in the world. It's West Coast of Ireland, which is oddly enough where my mother is from. Um, and just, you know, the the, the, the whole whole I- Irish, uh, you know, uh, kind of venue is just special, okay? Because the Irish people are so gracious and it's so serene. But on top of that, there were, you know, well-heeled, we'll say, uh, you know, rich businessmen, a lot of them that play the game of golf that would come to Ireland. And a few of them noticed our guys were there, that we had this set of about eight wounded warriors, special operators, Green Berets mostly, a couple of seals and sprinkled in. And they noticed what we were talking about, and and we were talking about the program we were doing there. And they said, hey, how can we get more involved in this? And that was the genesis of an idea. So with Tom Gates, Art Walhalter, who's uh, one of Tom's good friends and now has become one of mine, and he's on our board as our secretary treasurer, former Marine JAG officer, but also a uh, phenomenal, phenomenal businessman himself, we co-founded, the three of us together, the Special Operations Warrior Golf Foundation, to bring these business leaders together in a retreat format at, at a golf at a you know a high end golf resort ireland being one of them that we do at least once if not twice a year and then put them together and match them up to build a mentoring relationship with the wounded warrior to help them with their transition because one of the gaps that i saw in my years with the uh, with the warrior care program was we're great at getting guys to the therapy we're great at getting them the right prosthetics wheelchairs what have you that our wounded warriors need we're great at resources all the way through, you know, many benevolent organizations that build homes for these guys. But the actually, if you talk to a wounded warrior, the least worried about getting good medical care or mental health care, they're more worried about what they do after they're medically retired or after they retire just in normal progression, after they've been banged up pretty good. And and what that, what that means, what the next career is, because most of them are getting out in their late 30s, early 40s. And now it's like, okay, how do I... You know, how do I take care of my family? Kids are going to college. What do I do? What more can I do? And I've got all these skills and experiences. How do I translate those into the civilian sector? So the idea is to build this mentoring relationship with these senior business leaders who play the game of golf, using the golf course as the venue to get them together. But it's not about golf so much. You know, it's just that golf is a nice place to get to know one another because it's a social sport. So we take these business leaders and we match them up with these wounded warriors. And then we go for a week. We go to Ireland. We have got one set up coming up in uh, in the summer at Pine Needles, that hopefully COVID COVID not preventing us, uh, which is uh, around Pinehurst in the North Carolina area, and do these. We've got uh, others, Bandon Dunes, Whistling Straits, all kind of in the in the in the future uh, for us. So great, well known golf courses where we bring these business leaders together with these wounded warriors, and get them to kind of match up. And get to know each other and build a build the foundation of a mentoring relationship.
0: That's a fantastic idea. That is an absolutely fantastic idea. That's that that's amazing. That's yeah. We're go ahead.
1: I was going to say we 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 what we're seeing in this is a great responsiveness. You know, uh, Jim, real well from all your experiences with the special ops guys because you always would come out with us and do things with us during Warrior Games and other things you know that our guys are a little different and I, I i don't want to sound elitist although there's a degree of that to this our our guys are have got amazing experiences amazing training were specially selected and they've also had to bear the greatest brunt of the of the dangers of this war to include the the injuries and that's simply because of pro- and i'm saying that proportionally certainly if you go numerically. Uh, the Army, the Marine Corps has borne significant numbers, as, as have uh, sailors and and airmen, depending on their specialties. Uh, but for the most part, it's Army and Marine Corps. And then you get the special ops. And of course, special ops is all the service flavors. You know, when we're talking about the special operations, team, we're talking about Green Berets and Rangers, special ops operations, aviators and a lot of sp- support activities in special operations in the Army side, intelligence and communications and other things. And the, on the Navy side, it's the Navy SEALs and the, uh, and the, and the, uh, combat crewmen on the, on the air force side, it's the special tactics guys. It's the, 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 PJs and the combat control teams. Those are all, you know, ground, but also the special ops aviators that have to go into these very difficult situations and oftentimes end up hurt. And then, you know, we've, we've got the Marine Corps, Marine special operators really are kind of a combination, a little bit like a Ranger, a little bit like a Green Beret, a little bit like a SEAL, um, So we've got all the all the different services are part of special operations community. But each of those nodes or each of those elements and components of special operations in those services are out on the battlefields repeatedly. We're talking about, you know, eight, nine combat tours are not uncommon in a full career guy. So that kind of exposure, which, again, contrast that with your average uh, soldier or sailor or airman or, or, or or Marine is very, very different. And on top of that, too, is all the specialized training and screening and education that comes with it. So our guys are getting out usually at the E8 level uh, if they're uh, enlisted, or O5, uh, lieutenant colonel or higher uh, kind of ranks in the in the officer side. So they're more senior, more experienced, highly trained, and that's why we want to match them up with senior business leaders that can say, okay, this guy's got something that can really, you know, can really help my corporation, really help my company, or corporations or companies I know of because business guys know other business guys so that's why the mentoring thing isn't necessarily to hire to their company it's not about finding a job it's about finding a career and helping them through a career path
0: so I'm, I'm on the phone probably at least five five times a week with wounded warriors that I've met over the years at Walter Reed Fort Belvoir everywhere I go and we talk and I I get on Zoom calls with them, teach them magic, teach them new memory things, send them my books and things like that. So now I could turn some of these guys that are looking, I could turn them onto your foundation. That, that, that's not a problem. I could. Absolutely. Yep.
1: Special operators they, that's primary. It's what, who we service. And okay. that's, you know, that's our, our, our requirement is that they come out of our community. Uh, but if you're bumping into special operators, the idea is that we try to catch these guys either, in their last year of active duty or within two years of them becoming a veteran the reason being is that's typically where they're looking for a job but if you identified some guy who's been out for say four or five years and is still struggling to figure out what the next step is in his life you know we'd happily embrace it so we're not we're not shutting anybody out it's just that sweet spot that we find for most that we want to help is in that three-year path it's those guys that are closing in on Retirement could be medical retirement, but it's, you know, those those they know because they're going through the uh, through a process with a service for their medical separation. So then we automatically target for the guys that have been out for a couple of years. They may still be kind of. And I know, I mean, it's a little weird for me now. I'm not looking the same way. One nice thing about 41 years is that my retirement income and my my former income as a as a uh, as an active duty colonel is almost the same. So it's kind of nice. The calculus works well. So I I wasn't as driven by financial needs as others might be. But when you get out, say you get out as an E eight and you get out at 20 years, the calculus that gives you retired pay only gives you 50 percent of what you were making. And it's only of your base pay. You don't get all your allowances offset your allowances loss a little bit by most of them will get a disability payment out of the va that's relatively substantial but it's not it's not what people would think it is so that kind of complements the money that you lost but you stay still taking a pay loss so here you are you're 20 year guy maybe you're in your late 30s 38 39 maybe maybe 40 and you've got you know your kids are now hitting you know late years of high school you start looking at colleges and and applications for that. You got your GI Bill, and maybe you can give that to one of your kids uh, if they go to a to a GI Bill school. But otherwise, you're you're looking at the other two that you got in the house, and you're thinking, okay, how do I pay for them? And you're thinking about also what you're going to do. You don't want to sit on the couch. You go fishing, or just go golfing um, uh, the rest of your life. You want to do other things, and you got you're productive. So how do you find that? You know, one of my old uh, old mentors used to use purpose and relevance uh, a lot. You're, how are you finding your purpose and, and real, staying relevant in society? So it's, it's that kind. Those are the guys that I'm looking for. I'm looking for that guy who's like, okay, i got this uncertainty in my life. Because as I was alluding to, we find that the guys aren't worried about their medical care. They know they're going to get great care out of the VA. VA actually is phenomenal care. They get a bad reputation out of the isolated cases that are picked up by the media. The fact is the VA delivers really good care. And it's there if you properly qualify for it. So all you have to do is go through the disability process, and you're going to be qualified to have VA care. Along with that, what Tricare gives on the outside, what we continue to be able to have as as medical insurance, provides us great care. So all of that's going to be taken care of. Plus, there's tremendous numbers of benevolent organizations that will help you with care, get you to... PTSD counseling or whatever you're trying to deal with. I'm not saying that we don't have people that are still challenged in getting to it. Most of them just don't, aren't asking the right questions or know where to look. The fact is it's out there and it's available. Most of those organizations that provide that type of care are always clamoring for additional clientele. So it's not a matter of a lack of resource. It's a matter of sometimes the guys don't know where to ask or who to ask. It's the It's the anxiety they have is what they're going to do with the rest of their life. That's why we're trying to take up. Why we're covering with our foundation that transition notch. It's
0: amazing. So, so forty-one years you served, and you're serving more now than ever. It's amazing what you still continue to do. It's 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 fantastic, Harry. I really
1: thank you, Jim. The greatest piece of that, by the way, is that gloves are off. You know, um, John Stewart, good friend, and I yes. know a mutual friend of yours, um, John Stewart, and I helped him with his first responders bill the best I could from the outside because I was still wearing uniform. And I'm now on his team. He's helping us on the DOD side with his, with his uh, toxic exposure bill. Uh, it kind of got lumped together by the media's burn pit, but it's far more than burn pit. But t- uh, first time I saw John, after I got the uniform off, I come up to the Hill to, to, to go to a meeting with him, uh, wearing a suit. He goes, how's it feel, man? And I go gloves off, baby. It's the beautiful part is that I can be, I can be very open and, and, and direct now because DOD, when you're under still in the military, you have to be careful as to what you say because the DOD, uh, appropriately so. I'm not. I'm not chastising the DoD, but we, as officials of the Department of Defense, wearing uniform, have to be careful that we're not endorsing somebody over somebody else. But now I can. I can do that. I can say there are better organizations than others. There are, without anybody getting bruised or anybody throwing lawsuits at the Department of Defense. They can. Th- they can be mad at me for saying it, but there are better organizations than others, and there are places that you ought to deposit your your funds or your volunteerism or whatever you wanted to drop on these guys that are more worthy than others and their efforts that are more what the warriors need and i'd like to think i have a good understanding of what the warriors need having taken care of so many of them for so many years that i can help guide now and i can say it more openly than than i could before so that's the best part of being out of (laughs) uniform
0: Well, I got it. We have to. One. We definitely have to talk off camera about that. Some of those organizations, because I've had the gloves off ever since I got involved with this, and 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 John, as you mentioned, John Stewart. Oh, what a patriot! That guy is just so amazing. What he and he was just on the news I seen the other day talking about what you, what you were just mentioning, and it's yeah. So many great people are 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 coming together, and that's that's the key here, and it's it's just amazing, bud. Let me ask you something. Else. Now, now when you, when you, the, golf, the golf that you get involved with, is it just regionally, or could, you, could it be anywhere in the country? Or,
1: Yeah, it can yeah. be anywhere in the country. And, and, and if I were to any of your listeners, there's a couple of things that I need if they wanted to help out Special Ops Warrior Golf, and that would be, one, I need mentors. I need business leaders who want to get involved, who love the game of golf and want to get out with and, and, and adopt effectively. It's an adoption process. Adopt a wounded warrior to be their mentor. And, and sponsor them for the for the retreats. And that's how we fund it. We're a very low-cost foundation. We're not looking to make a lot of money. I don't need to draw in hundreds of millions of dollars. Don't need it. I mean, I'd happily take a little of it, but I'd give it most away. You know, I'd give it to other foundations that need it more. The fact is that uh, what I need is to fund these these retreats. And I fund these retreats in a very, very smart way, if, uh, at least I'd like to think so. And that is the mentor sponsors and hosts the golfer, okay, the, the Wounded Warrior Golfer. So they're paying for them and they're paying for themselves to come. So a high end one like going over to Ireland is basically, you know, about five thousand dollars for the for the wounded warrior and about the same for the for the for the business leader that makes the trip. OK, ten thousand dollars to most of these guys, at least the companies they come out, and the incomes they have is, is you know, pocket lint. So it's not that significant, but it, it matters to these guys because it builds and forges that relationship, that mentoring relationship. For one of our other retreats, like right now, I've got a retreat that is tentatively going to run in the second week of of December. COVID's made that a little more complicated, but I'm still got an 8K deficit, $8,000 deficit. So I'm looking for people that want to chip into that and give that. And I'm looking for business mentors that want to come out and play a beautiful track here in the Tampa area called Cypress Run. Actually, it's a course that Brady uh, is a member at. It's his country club. And it's where he trained for that little thing he did with uh, Peyton Manning that a lot of people saw on TV. He yeah. played with, with Tiger and Phil. That's that's where he trained for. It. And it's also Jan Stevenson, who's on my board of directors, World Golf Hall of Famer, one of my dearest friends. She runs our training uh, at her golf course, Tarpon Woods. She's also a member at Cypress Run, so she comes out and plays golf with the guys. She got a World Golf Hall of Famer who, by the way, her foundation, Crossroads Foundation, one of our partners with Soft Warrior Golf, is all about training. Uh, wounded warriors and first responders in the in golf no matter what their injuries may be you know if it's adaptations or whatever she's actually trained all the way through like teaching blind blind uh, veterans how to golf uh and jan's just phenomenal was inducted world golf hall of fame in 2019 and there aren't too many there's only 165 members of the world golf hall of fame that's a tough club to get into so she's absolutely phenomenal but that's, that, I'm looking for people that want to get on board, be mentors. I'm looking for funds to cover our, what we need to cover that particular retreat because it's a low-budget one because it's local and we're not having to put a lot of expense. Basically, that $8,000 is $1,000 for eight warriors, and that's what it costs, $1,000 per warrior to do this whole event because the golf venues are donated to us. The golf instruction is donated to us. All we're paying for is their travel, their hotel room, and their food. That's it. And that's all we we try to gather money for. But that but that's 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 the one in December. Then the one coming up in April in uh, Waterville, Ireland, uh, those I still have a few slots where I'm looking for mentors. I've got the Warriors identified and I need a few five thousand dollar donors uh, that want. But I'm not just looking for a donor. I'll take money if people they say, look, I can't afford or I can't go myself and I'll pay for the Warrior. That's fine. And I'll get a mentor to, that the foundation will cover the cost for but I'd rather have the, the, the money and the mentor. I'd rather have that business leader who wants to write a check, but also come himself and give us his time to be with that wounded warrior and get to know him. And I'll tell you, once you're out there with him, you know you know him well, Jim, because you spent so much time with us. These guys are phenomenal people, and you will make a, a, not only a good friend, you'll be impressed with who you're helping, and you'll want to help more of them.
0: Awesome, 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 Kerry, what you're doing. I mean, this, the you're, so you're funding these retreat. That is fantastic. You got you got the whole package. You know I mean, I'm involved with retreats and things like that, where I come and do my cognitive intelligence and everything, and and that is what is needed the most is the is to get these veterans and, and these people that need the help in there and to get them funded because they can't afford to do it themselves. That's fantastic.
1: That's right. And, and again, we're not looking to you know we're not trying to feather our nests at at, the, at our foundation. Our our war, software golf. Has only one paid employee. Oddly enough, it's my daughter, and I stayed out of the hiring decision on that. I just had a reply, uh, but the um, uh, board picker, uh, she's our administrative coordinator. She doesn't make very good living. She's a she's a 22 year old recent college graduate. Uh, we don't pay her well, but she's she's also always been involved with warrior games and other things and loves our guys so she does this uh she does all the administrative coordinating for our retreats but we are yeah we're a low cost uh low budget activity that way we just need the funds to make sure that we can always stage the stage the retreats but you mentioned something and there's another way i mean i'd send this invite to you right now you want to make the run to ireland for us you know get all you got to do is get yourself there we'll take care of you when you're there we'll feed you and take care of you but you you um you get there to to the event and we will have a place for you to spend some time with the Warriors. We've got at every retreat a physical therapist and or doctor who's trained like a spine doctor. We've got scheduled for our next retreat in Ireland. And we have a, a psychologist. So the guys have available on site. It's not necessarily part of the retreat format. It's more an availability. And it's also to do a little bit of triage. So as our therapists that are there, get to know the wounded warrior they can identify that hey we need to get this guy in for this or you know we need to get him connected uh to the va better or you know work those angles for them or do a little bit with our behavioral health counselor do a little bit of assessment as to whether or not the guy needs more intensified behavioral health care so we we have that at all our things and again that's where you know somebody like you who helps them with uh, with their memory skills. And all their cognitive skills, because you're you are a cognitologist, if I remember the terminology, <laughs> and and it is really neat. And what you do helps our guys tremendously. I've watched it. So that kind of thing, and having that on site, we'd love to have that at any one of our venues, be it overseas or be it be it in states where the guys get a ch- get a taste of that, and then say, okay, I want to do more of this. So it's exposing our guys to those resources. The other thing is that what's um, I'd say enlightened about our setup of our foundation is all of my board members for the most part, where I got a few, that are just pure business guys, but they are founders or uh, chief executive officers of foundations that already support special operations. We have uh, Brian bill foundation, Scott bill is gold star dad named his foundation after his son. who was a Navy SEAL killed in I combat. See, yep. And his, his, his retreats, his PTSD and TBI uh, supportive retreats are phenomenal. So he and his wife, Jennifer, run these retreats, uh, been a little bit more complicated with COVID. I'm on their board of directors as well. They're one of our board members. Uh, Operation Healing Forces, Gary Markell, big insurance guy. Uh, he has Operation Healing Forces. It helps our guys that are dealing with struggles in their marriages, and they have couples retreats. Uh, we have uh, Jan Stevens. I mentioned I mentioned that uh, with her Crossroads Foundation. I have... Um, Uh, Sam and Larry Raya from Homes Fit for Heroes do all kinds of need-based support. I have Jim Regan from Army Ranger Lead the Way, needs-based support of all sorts, therapy all the way through home builds and helping them get into uh, higher education. He's got a great relationship with Columbia University. Uh, Again, others that I'm on boards of that I support and they uh, they are part of our board construct. So the idea is that, again, we don't try to replicate. If we see we got a guy that needs PTSD help, we vector them. Into the into the support of the Brian Bill Foundation, for instance, or if they got a spouse trouble, we direct them into Operation Healing Forces. So we have that by virtue of how we're constructed and how we're composed, and so that makes us again. I'm not having to then raise money to say, okay, give me money because I need to get this guy PTSD um, uh, support. No, I've got people for that. That's the that's the rest of the board makeup. So I send them to those. What I need the money for is for those foundations. So at the same time, I got to have the money to have the venues so that they get together and we can figure out what their needs are. So that's where our our costs come into play to sponsor these retreats.
0: Your passion on this is through the roof. It's just I love it. I love the passion you have about all of this. And that's and the Brian Bill Foundation. I know all about that. I've oh, what, what they're doing is fantastic. And hey, I got to show you this. Since you're. All of your life, you've been to, to involved with intelligence and special ops. I have something here. In fact, I just created it probably a month ago, Carrie. I'm calling it flash memory. It is the absolute key to, I call it my odd skills, observation and deception detection. I took that to a level 10 times higher than the last time you've seen me. And the observation part is this. Now, look, this is not a magic trick of any kind. I wish I was there with you in person. I'd use your deck of cards. You mix up the deck of cards like this, Carrie. Now, watch. I'm going to go through them one at a time, and you're going to tell me to stop anytime you want. Stop. You want to stop here or here?
1: Take the card, uh, take the one that's still in your left hand.
0: This one right here? All right, we're going to put it yeah. right there. Could you see it? No. Mm-hmm. I'm going to mix up the cards like this. This is called flash memory. You're not going to believe this. Here we go. There's an ace of diamonds missing, Carrie. What the hell is going on with my brain, baby? I could actually teach this now, man. I'm up to 52 cards. I was at 26 just last week. This is what I teach. Okay, I get everybody all motivated and pumped up. You can do the same thing, blah, 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 blah. So I took my, this is part of deception detection. I call it flash memory. It's part of observation, deception detection. I mean, I took this thing to another level. And this is my contribution where I want to help. And it's like, you know, we, me and you, we, we've been talking about this forever, ever since West Point. Who was that? General yeah. Ashley, I think it was. Hey, but, And I didn't know he was involved with intelligence. Yeah, General yeah, Ashley. Yeah, that's
1: yeah. right. We, t- we caught him in the g- economy gym. I said, yeah. he's director of EIA. He's yeah. the right guy. Yeah. Now, something else. No, absolutely phenomenal as always, Jim. I mean, Thank it, you. It, and I, you watch it. We, you and I, we went up. Remember, we went to NICO together, too. We yeah, We talked to yes. T.J. DeGraba and the team there. Um, again, I mean, they, they were wowed. And these are guys that have been helping our guys repair our brains. So um, it's a it, – I think that has so much merit. And it's one of those things that – it's far from a parlor trick. We know that. It is – and it is a skill set. And you were able to, through – as you dealt with your own injuries, which weren't that dissimilar to what guys uh, deal with when they're injured in combat. As you went through your own injuries, you retrained your brain. And what you're able to do is unlock power in the brain that we want to be able to find for all our guys especially those who've had diminished function tbi is the most pervasive injury in in our in the special operations community i can say that i don't i don't think it's necessarily the same in the other forces but it's it's certainly true in the special operations community because we've got guys that have just exposed to blast all the time and so it's often misconstrued as ptsd post-traumatic stress is an emotional condition so and most of our guys have many of our guys Myself included, have post traumatic stress. Uh, AD, we're not all disabled by it. So it's not necessarily we all have PTSD. But we got a lot of guys at FTBI, myself included. Um, and that's discoverable uh, because they see it in the, in the scans. They can see in your brain that you've had damage. Okay. And that's different because that's damaged brain tissue. And when you've had a physical injury, it may affect your emotions, which can, that's why it's often misconstrued as post traumatic stress disorder. Uh, and it can affect you, make you uh, depressed, make you anxious, do a lot of different things to you, but it's damaged brain tissue, and there is not a lot of solution to damaged brain tissue. I mean, there's some, uh, obviously, research shows that with time. There's some healing that's natural, but as your brain ages and you lose the elasticity and that healing principles and factors, it gets harder for that to heal, so our guys are aging, and that's a concern for us, so how do you then work around it because most of the things the damaged brain tissue is damaged brain tissue so how do you end up working around it what you do uh with your cognitive skilling is develop the mechanisms to work around the damage and to be and and maybe even unleash power that you never had that will make you more even more functional than you ever were and that's where it's important and that's what i want i've always been an advocate for that when it came to the healing of our guys that we got to be Uh, We got to be willing to, you know, as they say, think out of the box. It's a trite term, but uh, in cliche. But the fact is we got to be willing to get out of the models of what we think are the right things to do and look at what what really works. And some simple things like your type of skills are actually ones that do empower the brain to be more functional.
0: It's amazing you're talking about this. So we just had this conversation last week, Dr. Tom DeGraber from NYCO and myself. We were talking about it, and I, I tell everybody about the damaged brain tissue. You know, I study the brain now because of the, this memory ability. I, I call it, it's all about ESPN, exercise your brain and, of course, your body. The S for proper sleep. The P is the most important, positive, 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 positive. It's so important. And in the end for nutrition. And that that yeah. that can that can help damage brain. Like you work around. It. Like you said, you, you you have these new connections, this neuroplasticity. And I even believe in this neurogenesis, birth of new neurons. So this is yeah. what I'm into, man. Carrie, I took this up a hundred notches, man. I'm telling you, I'm really into it. I'm sixty-seven and I, and I I'm like more energetic and my brain is like I mean, I can't shut it off anymore. Just like just constantly coming up with new ideas and new new tricks and new ideas and new things to create. But what it does is it keeps my brain active. So what does that do? It does two things. It it stimulates neurogenesis, neuroplasticity, number one, which is very important. It helps you physically, which helped my injuries, and and now I'm bending 60-penny nails on my bare hands. So it, it makes you like superhuman. But most importantly, what it does, it, it gives you this – self-esteem built, built and that's what most of our wounded warriors with with PTSD they need that self-esteem built up again and that's kind of what I contribute and that's what I like and that's what I'm all about and I just want to get more yeah. and more and more I'm, I'm creating all these new things every day this COVID thing actually helped me because I probably would have not invented half the things I've invented in the last six months It's it's crazy but now it's time to unleash this to the world and and that's why it's always great you know hanging out and talking with people like yourself who've done so much, so much for our military. And I, I well, personally thank you for everything. My gosh, you've, you've been decorated. You're so humble, too. You're not even talking about the awards you received and everything else. I mean, that is just, some, it's just amazing. You're just amazing, a humble guy. And it's, that's what I like that. But the first day I met you, you and your daughter and your wife are taking me for lunch at West Point. You didn't even know who I was. Yep. It's like, you're such a cool guy, man.
1: Well, thank you. I appreciate that. Uh, the, uh, well, humility is uh, hopefully I, I, I display that because the fact is that I am most humbled by the young warriors who signed up. My son is one of those. Uh, he's a sergeant first class. He's at uh, he's at Fort Bragg right now. He's already had five combat tours. He joined in 2007 in the midst of this war, knowing what it meant and knowing that it meant going to combat and going to combat repeatedly. So he knew he was risking his body, life and limb. And uh, and he did it. And there's so many other sons and daughters of America who did that. I was a professional soldier in 1978. I grew up doing it. That's all I ever wanted to be. And so, you know, the decorations and things that we get, we get as a matter of course and seniority guides those things. And, you know, you go and you get one and that kind of thing. So they're less significant to me than they are that I would have the opportunity to lead just phenomenal young men and women in an endeavor to support not only the security of our nation, but also the security of nations out there that can't, that cannot protect themselves. So it was a great, great honor for me. But the, uh, the sons and daughters of America that signed up in this past 19 years, that knew what it meant that, that risk did all. And many of them that lost, it might just be a part of their, uh, soul, a lot of their emotions and dealing with the moral injury or they're dealing with the, dealing with, uh, the loss of friends and, and, and then those that have lo- had been maimed themselves or or um, uh, and even more so the families that lost their their loved ones that that served. Those are the that's who that's who I most admire. And those are the ones that are most worthy of our respect. And it's one of the reasons why I I uh every group I talked to. I just did a speech the other night at a veteran event uh, for Veterans Day. And I told them I said, look, what, what I need from you is to get involved, stay involved. This nation, no nation takes better care of its veterans and its, its warriors than, than this nation does. Don't, uh, you know, we, again, I, you hear a lot of stuff in the media and every once in a while there's a, there's a hiccup somewhere, some VA hospital, someplace, somebody didn't get everything they wanted. But those are, those are few and far between compared to the millions that are well supported by, by our system. The fact is that we have an incredibly gracious and giving nation that takes care of its warriors and the benevolent organizations like mine and others. Um. They're out there to do that. We have a cornucopia of support that's unbelievable and unmatched in the world. And you know, uh, Jim, from especially from your exposure to Invictus Games, nobody—I mean, the UK maybe to some degree—but nobody, nobody uh, delivers like like um, uh, like our nation does. And so, what what I ask people to do is get involved. And one is recognize that our government can't do it all. The VA can't do it all. It's got limitations, government agency. It's a bureaucracy, you know, all all, whatever we do. But I tell people support politicians that support veterans administration and support the activities that support our vets and benefits for our vets. And then on top of that, I say, get involved with benevolent organizations that help our wounded warriors, veterans and families get involved with them. Give them your money if you got money to give. Give them your time. Give them both. But get involved. Uh, because that's how we take care of our people. That's the best thing we can do. This not these kids that served this past twenty years, twenty years, it's a whole generation that's gone to war repeatedly. now let's let's view this, and I don't mean this in any disparaging way because I have nothing but the greatest respect and honor for our World War II veterans. I mean and and our Korea War veterans, okay? But most of them, I mean, you were a Band of Brothers guys. say, hey, you got to remember the show Band of Brothers, you jumped in with Easy Company. You hit combat June June 6, 1944. The war was over May 7, 1945. It was 11 months. It was over. And in the midst of that, you maybe had a few weeks of really sustained, high-end combat that was very dangerous. Don't get me wrong. Those guys in Easy Company, they had they had the D-Day stuff, and they had a few weeks of that. and Then they had Holland, and they had the Battle of Bulge. I mean, they had some weeks of real intense conflict, combat. But after they got through those weeks, they were done. And most of them were young men when they joined. And then when they left. They were still very young men. We've got guys that joined at twenty years old. My son is in that category. Joined it, joined it uh, right after high school, and then are now after five, six combat tours in their late thirties, early forties. Are now really grown. They've grown up at war. This is a completely different paradigm than our, than our previous veterans, and they have sustained this for their on behalf of this nation. A volunteer force. They weren't conscripted. They weren't drafted into the service. They signed up. They volunteered and they went to war. And they went to war over and over again. This is a unique set. And we have to we owe them all the support we can give them.
0: Fantastic. Kerry, fantastic. Great words, man. You are <laughs> you're amazing, man. i am tell you, you're the most passionate guy. I just love you. I just love Hanging out with you, this was, this was this was something I wanted to do for the longest time. Get on a conversation with you, and please, please, you know, this is this is just. Please tell General Thomas I said hi as well. I remember meeting him. And he's a cool guy, and that's your friend. And sure will. you guys, just... he's on
1: my board. He's on my board of directors. He's also the chairman of Special Ops Warrior Foundation that does scholarships. They're not affiliated with us, yeah, but they do scholarships for the um, the uh, children of the special operations, the fallen uh, special operators out there. They do uh, college scholarships for all of them. They're an amazing organization. I would encourage anybody to support them. Uh, but he is also on our board as a special ops warrior golf because he loves the game and he loves our guys. So, you know, uh, but we got other guys, C- Command Sergeant Major McCauley. I think you remember yeah, him. Yeah, I
0: remember him, yeah, Command. yeah.
1: He is also on our board. I mean, wow. we've got some just great special ops leaders that are behind this effort. So.
0: Well, as soon as this COVID's over, I'm, I'm going to get my butt down there and see you guys in person again. Kerry, thank, like a plan, thank you, thank you, thank you for everything, and you're, you're the best, and please tell everybody I said hi. you got a beautiful family. I, oh, you got four kids like I do, I think, right, three daughters, and, yeah. and then your lovely wife, and, yeah, it's just amazing. You're just, a, you're just a real guy, you know what I mean? That's what I like about you. You're real, you're true, and you're, what you've done for this country and what you continue to do is just beyond belief. It's just amazing. Thank you so much for joining us. And, and hang out here. I want to talk to you for another second off-camera. Off sure, Kerry we'll Harbaugh, everybody. Check him out, and we'll put your foundation up on the site. All right, buddy. Thanks. Bye-bye. Bye. Hey, everybody. This is it. Signal Relief. I know what you're thinking. What the heck is it? It looks like alien technology of some kind. But let me tell you something. This really works. I mean, I worked at a steel mill. I lifted weights when I was younger, and I hurt my back so bad. And I, chronic back pain for the like, I don't know, the last 20 years. And my buddy Mike sent me one of these in the mail, stuck it on my back while watching TV for an hour. And all of a sudden the pain's gone. This is the real deal. Brave reviews, Signal Relief. You can find it on the podcast site, jimcarroll.com forward slash podcast, or I think it's signalrelief.com is connected with that as well. One of the best things i ever seen in my life. Signal Relief.
1: Thank you for listening to the Jim Carroll and Friends podcast. Be sure to subscribe, review, and share, and stay tuned for the next episode.